0: Welcome back to the segments of podcast everybody i'm kaylee Fretz, and we have a special episode for you today they're all pretty familiar i think with our special episodes by now and today we've got a bunch of the good folks from wahoo on the line we're gonna be talking about their new system app which well ronan and i have been digging into it quite a bit uh it's really cool and we want to we wanted basically dig into it as far as we can and let all of our audience out there know how they can use it best, what it sort of brings to the table, and we'll be poking and prodding and asking some questions over the next half hour, 45 minutes or so. So first and foremost, our esteemed panel
1: today. Uh, Neil, let's start with you. Who are you and why are you here? I, I am Neil Henderson. I am the head of the sports science department with Wahoo Fitness here based in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, a lot of what I try to do is uh, basically take some of the sports science uh, aspects of how we work to help athletes improve their fitness and performance and build some of those pieces into the app with help from a lot of different folks, including uh, one of my fellow panelists here.
2: Mac, introduce yourself. Yes, that would be me. So I'm a, I'm Matt Casson. I'm the senior sports scientist with the Wahoo sports science team out of Boulder, Colorado. Um, and I more or less do the same thing that Neil does with a, maybe a bit more emphasis on some of the data crunching and numbers side of things. But, yeah, same. We're just trying to get the best, most up-to-date sports science into an app that anyone can access without needing to pay for a very expensive coach.
0: And Ian. How are you there from California? I'm doing well, Kaylee. Um, well, after
3: those two, I don't really know what I'm supposed to say about myself. Uh, I guess I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm the tester. Uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time actually within the app, um, yeah, writing it. And there is a, a training plan that I produced in the, in the app with help from, from Neil and Mac. Um, yeah, I would say on the, uh, on the practical application side of, of the app.
0: Good stuff. Well, glad to have you three. With us today, uh, we're gonna start with the basics here and, and kind of get deeper and deeper and deeper as we go throughout this podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> top level, ten thousand foot. For anybody who has not gone out and read Ronan's story on the new system app, what is this thing?
1: W- who wants to answer this this big this big question for me? I can jump in there. Um, give you the the ten thousand. 000- foot bird's eye view i guess uh system is a complete training app to help you improve your fitness and ability to perform and to have some fun while doing it so we are basically using this app to be able to connect to any devices you might have um in an indoor training environment is where you know a lot of this is going to work best though we do have sessions that are uh, built for for outdoor riding we do know that you know most people are not exclusively indoor cyclists um, fortunately uh, we do love <laughs> to get outside that's all of our backgrounds um, and so we try to use the indoor environment to help us improve our capacity to perform and do the things we want to do outside so the app itself includes cycling specific content and Uh, That's really one of our our big focuses and what we do, we have a a large range of different types of content, including some new stuff, which I'll let the other guys talk about a little more. Uh, But the big picture is we also do include some of the other elements that help people perform better, including having strength training without lots of equipment, necessary things that you can do at home. We have yoga sessions to help people move better and we have a mental training program as well to help people's capacity to again extract from their body what is possible your mind helps drive what what your body can do and so we think about our our app within system to be able to tie all those things together for somebody to be able to to train with purpose and progression and have some fun while doing it
0: so the idea is that i you know i download i download this app maybe i have uh you know an indoor training set up already maybe i maybe i just want to ride outside kind of kind of options for everybody and you know, I I have, I have either some target events or I just want to stay fit or whatever. I'm probably time crunched, which I am actually. Uh, and I want to figure out how to get sort of the the most out of my, my training time without maybe paying for, for an expensive coach, or maybe I just don't feel like I just, I I really need that. That's kind of, is, is that the target audience there is, am I describing that person correctly?
1: I would say absolutely yes that's a very good fit and and we do see the range you know we do have some folks that are just new getting into cycling and this is a great way to to you know introduce somebody into training with some structure and purpose we have free training plans um, that are kind of based on what you're trying to do we have some just general ones that are kind of you know, target, improve your fitness. We have ones that are more specific, like Ian's, you know, get ready for a 200 mile uh, gravel race. You know, that's kind of specific and lots of things in between. Um, We do clearly have a little bit, you know, of an approach of using a little bit lower training volume than what you might see if you read, you know, a compared to, you know, what, what a world tour pro rider does, you know, riding 20, 30 hours a week consistently. Like we know that your average human, uh, who potentially has a job, has a family is in no way going to be benefiting from trying to even train even half of that amount, you know? Fifteen hours of training is excessive for for most folks, and so we're we're targeting a little bit more on that lower volume, specific quality, and being able to get the most out of that time that you do invest.
0: Yeah, I I know I want to talk with Ian uh, later on. Well, essentially, Ian, your 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 time crunched uh, nature at the moment, the fact that you know you you've now you're now no longer a world tour cyclist and don't have all day every day to just ride your bicycle and have how you've sort of adjusted to that. But we're going to leave that to slightly later uh, in the episode, I want to sort of still st- just talk about the, the, the app itself and kind of where it comes from. Right. So, you know, I think a lot of folks out there will be familiar with the Sufferfest, which was purchased by Wahoo a couple of years ago. Is this kind of like that, you know, extrapolated? Is it that plus a lot? Is that, was that kind of the basis of, of where you guys were starting with this thing?
2: Yeah, I'd say it's the next evolution, the next step for the Sufferfest and and the platform as a whole. Uh, Those who don't know, Sufferfest just started as, well, They started as the founder made bootleg versions of, he he grabbed clips off of YouTube and put music to it and just had an RP target and shared them with some friends and they liked it. So he started just making DVDs that you could buy um, and that progressed to turn into the first Sufferfest app. So that's when you could, you know, we introduced power targets for each of the videos so that if you had a smart trainer, you know, you'd the the resistance will change along with the video. Um and then it was really a bit later they brought Neil and myself on to, you know, better refine it. It, it went from the first time we did a run over of some of the workouts, they were just explicitly not possible if you had <laughs> correct numbers. They were
1: fests.
0: <laughs> that's that's mostly what I remember from I remember, I remember uh being sent one of those back when I was the tech editor at VeloNews News and being like getting halfway through it and being like, I don't think this is, hum- I was still racing at the time. I was like pretty fit. I was like, I don't think this is humanly possible. I don't, I don't think
1: anyone's yeah. ever finished one of these. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Like when I was first approached, it was actually Connie Carpenter. It was like, Hey, check this thing out. Like this guy sent this to me. Like it, it's kind of interesting. What do you think? And I was like, a, it's way too hard. Uh, and B it's way, way too hard. Like everything about <laughs> it is just not quite right. And she was like, well, would you consider writing a workout for him? And and at first I was kind of like, yeah, no, nah, I don't, I don't have time for that. Like, it's not my gig. You know, the, the Supper Fest, just that name kind of gave me a little bit of a like a retract. Like, yeah, no, I'm actually kind of about being smart with training and and intelligent. Yes, you do have to work hard. Trust me, I know that. But it's not, you know, I didn't like the the thought that I had that it's just glorifying that suffering all the time. And it was just kind of some misplaced, you know, what, what I thought of it just from that instantaneous. It's actually a lot of tongue in cheek humor. If you actually started to actually go and follow some of those workouts, you see like, okay, not completely serious. Like it's the, the, it's not literally trying to kill you every time. Like that's not necessarily the idea though. I think the the initial workouts, you know, cause they didn't have a great, you know, Great. Anybody with a great background in coaching or sports science or any of those kind of things, uh, they probably did have excessively intense targets. And so that was one of the things when I started writing some workouts. It's all right, let's uh, have some purpose to these sessions. And definitely they're going to be hard and there's going to be parts of them that will be really hard, but it's not going to be extremely hard, or really hard or impossible all the time. That's not the idea. So we continued to build on that over the years. And when we released the app, we were able to include a whole lot more. Uh, purpose to things and tie in some of these other elements that that make it a, a a more well-rounded training platform than just thinking about it's workouts that you do only on the trainer and there's nothing else.
0: So one, sorry, Mac, were you going to say something?
2: Yeah, I just, we just wanted to um, just circle back and like, again, for a system, it's just the progression of Sufferfest. So again, it went from videos. It went to an app with FTP targets. And then when Neil and I came on, we introduced um, the, the, what we call four dimensional power, uh, based on the protocol that that Neil had developed with his time at Boulder Center for Sports Medicine, and then targets went from just FDP based to using four different power targets based on you know different domains, and we can talk about that later. And then on top of that, then we added yoga, we added mental training, we added a whole strength progression, um, and so we've we've kind of since the SUF app came out, it's been progressing, still under that brand of Sufferfest. Um, with system we've, you know, with Wahoo, they've, we've been able to get access to a lot of other, I'd say content types, types of things that we can make entertainment, entertaining videos out of that don't necessarily fall under like the Sufferfest brand. So instead of, you know, either shoehorning stuff into the stuff app that doesn't necessarily fit or making a whole different app. And keeping Sufferfest as a separate thing, system becomes uh, a house for Sufferfest and all the other new content types that we have that will continue to evolve. And there's still going to be new Sufferfest videos coming out, but then we also have so many other content types that we're continuing to update. So it's just really a more well-rounded app.
0: Yeah, I want to get into those content types in just a second. The the pro rides thing, I think, is particularly cool. Uh, but again, just just a moment on that because. You 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 mentioned four DP this four dimensional power. Um, now this is something that Neil we've talked about uh, extensively before. I think actually even on a podcast before, and it's sort of a it's a rethink of sort of the traditional like FTP test, right? That the go out and smash yourself in the face for twenty minutes and take five percent off or or whatever the you know multitude of different ways of of doing that FTP FTP test are, and then you use that number. Uh, You know, let's say your your FTP is 300 watts. You use that number to essentially build a, a training program and building targets and building what you think you can do. And, and 40p is kind of that, but, uh, expanded upon and, and, and also kind of split out. Right. Uh, you know, I remember Neil Rogers and I doing a test actually with you guys um, in the middle of the off season, so it was extra brutal. Yeah. Really of that. Uh, <laughs> and and we came away with you know uh, this sort of whole. Uh, well, actually, why don't you rather ex- well, than I try to explain it? Why don't you explain what we came away with 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 the 40p test? Because I think that that's really important for a kind of understanding how the entire, as far as yeah. I can tell, how the entire system so- app functions based off of this test, right?
1: Yeah. There's a few different elements to this. So my background, I've done a lot of work in in physiology and sports science. So, you know, over the 12 years that I worked at at Boulder Center for Sports Medicine, I basically oversaw and and reviewed test results from over 10,000 athletes of all different types. So from your, you know, average age group type person trying to do like the Boulder Boulder 10K to Uh, You know, some of the local racers were pretty fast to world tour riders to uh, actually the Colorado avalanche ice hockey team. I was actually a strength and conditioning uh, coach for their AHL affiliate back in Pennsylvania before I moved to Colorado and and did my master's at at CU Boulder. Um, And so it's a very broad range of, of kind of athlete types. Um, I think some of the stuff that's been out there has been very much pigeonholed into exclusively looking at endurance athletes only and not looking at a broader population of humanity. And there is a broader population of regular people who do endurance sports than just the elite world tour type of professional. And so, of course, I've had experience working with those, but I've also had a larger experience really across my career and working with regular people who are also trying to use some of these same Uh, ideas and principles and my coaching background also is really from swimming i was a swim coach first triathlon coach second and cycling kind of specialist coach later on and so if i think way back to swimming you know we had we had different types of sessions for our sprinters who were doing shorter distance we had our middle distance swimmers and then we had our distance swimmers. And so the kind of training was based on what type of event and how long you're competing because it's actually related to the physiological needs of sprinting is totally different than getting ready for even a 20-minute a effort or a five-hour road race or a three-week grand tour, clearly different than what, you know, I work with with somebody who's, say, in track cycling, who's doing a Kieran or doing a team sprint or an individual sprint. And so there may be some concepts that apply to some consistency across those. There's very dramatic differences in what kind of training targets we need to do to elicit changes in physiology and so bringing it back to that physiology ftp is kind of what i consider the lowest of the higher intensity realms this is kind of that break point of a a power that can be sustained you can get into lots of different definitions but we'll just say power that can be sustained for about an hour or so and we can look in a lab we can do lactate profile tests and identify this kind of break point where if you hold the effort steady lactate level will continue to rise. That's above where this kind of break point is, or if you go down a little bit lower intensity, lactate levels will either remain stable or slightly decline over time. And your, what we consider threshold or what often people then call an FTP is this kind of maximal lactate steady state, this point where things aren't going to rise nor drop over time, where it's kind of this sustainable for a, for a good period of time very important for something like uh, a time trial a longer time trial especially um a climb and yeah you know, i've worked with athletes you know two two hour records with evelyn stevens and with rowan dennis that's pretty much our power on a track on a fixed gear some pretty pretty limited thing but truly it's your aerodynamics and the power you can hold for that hour so yeah that's that's a uh, one way of looking at things but when we start to think of what wins races so the world championships Uh, most recently. You can look at the attacks made either by uh, Philippe or within the women's race, what was going on. Those were not steady state. Like they just didn't grind everyone down by just riding pretty hard and just drop people off like a long climb. This was massive attacks. And these were more in that anaerobic capacity realm, which is kind of like a really maximal short effort, maybe a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, kind of goes into this anaerobic capacity realm. And in between your FTP and that we have our max aerobic power, which is like kind of five minute power is what we use typically there. Or if we do a lab test and we do a ramp ramp, we might measure oxygen and CO2 and we can calculate how much oxygen your body is using and how much power you're producing at that point. And so, Another physiological value that, again, both in the lab has some relevance as well as then when we go outside, an uh, in individual pursuit, which is, you know, now these days, I guess, just under four minutes, uh, kind of fits in that. Uh, if you're Astro Lambie. Exactly. Lambie. If you are that one extreme <laughs> human or the i got a couple seconds, you know, slower yeah. now, I guess, maybe. Um, but I worked with Taylor Finney way back when he was, you know, first racing and going to his first Olympics at age 18, focusing on that individual for 4k pursuit, a four minute and change event. Um, and when I was looking at his training, everything was based off of FTP in terms of what was out there in TSS. And I was like, well, it doesn't reflect a, the fact that he only trains, you know, 10, 15 hours a week. Cause he was 18 years old and two years into riding, still a high school student getting ready for the Olympics. His CTL was, you know, in the sixties. And I guarantee, you know, Bradley Wiggins was probably in the 120, 140 range, even though they were a few seconds apart in this four-minute and change event. Um, I was like, well, that that TSS thing and the CTL numbers really don't take into account what is going on with a lower volume of training because we know that maximal four-minute effort. Like, you can do two of those in a day with a few hours in between, and these are the best athletes in the world. And that was kind of like the upper limit, and that didn't really reflect well in the model that, that was used and still, you know, a lot of people use today. And so for me, when I started thinking about his training, it was okay. Relative to his 4k power, kind of like a swimmer. If they're doing you know, a 200 meter swim, okay. It's around that two minute long effort that we have targets associated with that point. And then there's one other realm that we do look at in 40 P. So we go FTP is the lower intensity, max aerobic power is the next level. Anaerobic capacity that, you know, 30 seconds to a minute type of effort or repeating high intensity efforts with limited recovery, and then just your pure peak power, uh, Maximal sprint. And again, for a lot of endurance athletes, that may not be super important if you do like an Ironman triathlon. Okay. Yeah. You're not going to be sprinting on it. So you're not going to sprint very long and you're, you're probably going to fade out uh, towards the end of those many hour long events. And I've done Ironman races, so I can tell, I can speak from experience. Um, sprinting is not something that you do there, not, not successfully. <laughs> so,
0: so this, 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 you know, you, you, so you you're basically building a profile of a person, right? You're building a profile of, a, of an athlete. And that is very much the starting place for, from what I can tell, targeting training. Yes.
1: <laughs> so Bam. It, it,
0: to it, make it, it fit it, you, your abilities, exactly. Yeah. So, so how exactly does that work? So, you you know, you go and you do the 4db test and and it, it's, you know, those numbers are going to get punched into the system app. And then is that going to basically automatically, you know, anything else that you open up, is that going to sort of just auto populate? Like, okay, I got to do 300 Watts right now. I got to do 400 Watts right now. I got to do 150 Watts right now, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. So exactly. It'll, it'll tailor whatever the intended physiological strain of a session is. So like a A VO two max session would classically be, you know, repeats at 120% of FTP, 120, 125% for, um, after you've done the 40 P test then, okay, those targets become about 98% of your five minute max power. And what we've, what we find is that there's a really large range, especially as the duration increases. So you go from five minutes to one minute to five seconds, the range you can have of, you can have two people with an FTP of 300. And one of them has a five-minute max that's 115%. Um, and then you can have, let's, let's make it 200 watts because that's easier for me to do mental math. So right, 115%, right, you're looking at 230 watts for their five-minute power, right? Um, and then you can have someone with that same 200-watt FTP who's 130%. So they're doing map intervals at 260 watts so if you gave them both that 120 target for one of them it'd be too hard they wouldn't finish it for one of them it'd be too low and they wouldn't get the intended stimulus and really what in addition to getting those specific targets for training um we can look at what those ratios are from these different metrics for you as an individual and kind of pinpoint okay what are your strong suits and and what are your weaknesses and yes you're not going to if you're training for Ironman, you might think, oh, my five minute power, one minute power doesn't really matter. But we can look at that and know, you know, training stimulus is different from what you're doing on the race day. And the most classic example we get is um, long distance triathletes will take the test. They're just focused on that tempo effort, right? Really long sustained power, but their FTP kind of hit a limit and it's because their maximal aerobic power, their aerobic ceiling has, they just don't train it. Your FTP can only get so close to that. So they can do 20-minute repeats as long as they want, but that's not going to improve. What they need to do is increase their aerobic ceiling by doing targeted training at that intensity and the appropriate intensity for them.
0: Hmm. So so let, let's just we'll use me as, a, as a, a test case here, right? I open up the app. I do a, a 4DP test. I, do, I, do I select... What kind of events I want to do? Do I, what's the sort of next step for me there?
1: You have basically all the workouts are going to fit your ability based on what your capacity are. You can just pick and choose workouts that you would like to do, or you could select a training plan based on, again, an event maybe you're getting ready for, whether it's a, a Mountainous Grand Fondo, say, so if you were going to be doing the the Maratona Dolomiti, Right. That's pretty hilly. You know, 4000, meters climbing over 140 K or something like that. Um, and we have basically over most of the most of the training plans are around 12 weeks. Over those 12 weeks, there's going to be built in building weeks and you can choose within system whether you want to do a progression of two weeks of intensive training, followed by one week of easier training. So a two in one uh progression rate or if you say like I can do three weeks where I continue to build over three weeks and then have that one week recovery. So you can make that kind of a choice or adjustment to uh the, the progression rate. And um then you could also choose you know a few other things in there a low, moderate or high volume, I think on something like that it might only be a moderate or higher volume, which again is not going to be 20 hours a week. Our higher volume might be you know 10 to 12 or so hours per week of training. And then you can choose like what elements of the strength training, yoga, mental training that you might want to also add in there. So it's not required, but we give you that option. We do encourage it because we know that generally people do better uh, when they when they add in those extra elements. And then your plan will have all those workouts and planned on your calendar. Each of the sessions you do will be based on your 40 P profile. Um, and that's kind of the, the primary, you know, kind of start to finish how it, how it works for you.
0: I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the sort of products themselves, right? The the stuff that keeps people engaged and involved and, and kind of wanting to do the, the workouts, right? Cause I think that that is, that's a difficult thing. You're talking about potentially a, a, a fair amount of indoor training, you know, in the, in the winter or, or whenever, uh, and just training is hard and hurts and, and having some, uh, some additional motivation, some external motivation is really important. I mean, that's why people hire coaches to begin with a lot of the times, right? It's just somebody to kick them up the ass and make sure that they're doing their, their bike rides. Yep. Accountability. So, yeah, exactly. So there's, there's, there's quite a few, I think pretty interesting products that you guys have, have worked into this. And the one that really struck me was this pro rides, uh, feature, which is basically you go for a ride with a pro uh mac maybe you can explain that in more in more detail but it's 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 a it's a really neat thing and really well executed
2: yeah um that's a that was a really fun project to to sort out so it kind of started with we we had an old we have an older sufferfest session called team scream which is was the genesis of it and it was your it's just pov in a team time trial um and you you wrote make the rotation through and that one we um I basically made that one manually. I've had a decent amount of experience with, with team time trialing and whatnot. And so it was just manually saying, okay, if this person's on the front, it should be about this, if they're drifting back, which was cool, but it took note, a really note, note
1: by Max saying he has some experience in, in team time trial. He did race at the 2015 world championship team time trial. <laughs> um, and also was on our national team with team pursuit. So, uh, embrace that at, uh, you know, World Cups and Pan-American Pan games. So his his experience is pretty significant. Been around I just want to make Cups. sure everyone knows that. It's not just like <laughs> he's watched it on TV once or twice and then not even what he was doing. No, it's pure experience as well as working with athletes. So go ahead. Carry on that.
2: <laughs> well, thank you, Neil. Um, yeah, and so that was that was fun. But it was like, you know, breaking out everything in like short 15-second pulls and you're going over an hour. Like that's a lot of manually okay, for the next 15 seconds, it should be this percentage of FTP in the next 15. And that was a little much. Um, we were fortunate enough to have a, a, a deal with Velon that we have rights to all of the GoPro camera footage that we, that they have in races. So when you see guys with GoPros on, we have access to that video. And with the partnership with Wahoo, we were able to get in contact with a number of athletes who, who are sponsored by Wahoo. And, and we got permission to you know, they would give us their power profiles. Um, and I i think this was actually, I, I finally finished this when we were in the UK for Ollie's hour record, just because I had nothing else to do, just sitting in a flat in Wales that apparently was a sketchy part of town. So it, I wasn't going outside <laughs> a lot, um, but just was working on a a, a script in, in R, which is like a, a statistics language, but basically it can just put, a profile in there, set, what their personal 40 P targets are run a bunch of stuff. And it, and it produces a, a scaled version of that pros power file. And then we have, um, a guy Francois who's very, very passionate, very eccentric. And he is the, the, when you hear the director sport teeth in those, that's, that's him. Um, but then he, he does all the editing to get everything lined up correctly and and incorporate the storyline, but it is there. It's interesting. There's no there's no music in them because you just have the GoPro sound, but it really is incredibly immersive. Like you feel, you hear like the carbon wheels going, you hear the shifting, you hear guys talking. Um, it's, and it's, so it's, it really sucks you in and the, and the, they're scaled just to be possible. I'd say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, like so a we, race day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are race day files.
3: I can, I can chime in here. Cause I was tasked with actually reaching out to the athletes to like get their power files, you know, and then I'm like, cool like thanks for your power file but i also need to know like all your you know essentially i needed to ask all these riders what their 40p was you know because in order to make the workout scalable to you know to who's ever doing the workout it has to be scalable so they were sometimes reluctant to be like why do you need to know my you know 20 minute power and my five minute power but they they did share and it's one of the coolest things because there's so many times and, and you have a history of racing where you're in a peloton and you know your parents or your you know wife like you know what's it like in the peloton like well i it's just it's chaos and it's hard to explain it but all of a sudden you have this ability to like feel what it's like to be in the peloton and also working out you know because you know your senses are a bit more heightened when you are at you know threshold and then you have to sprint on top of it and you know it's such a great workout for people to prepare for events because it's so sporadic you know if you were to go have a coach write a training plan that said you know sprint for two seconds then coast then sprint then do threshold for five minutes. It's just, it's a crazy workout. <laughs> but because it, you know, it's, it's, you know, really what, what, what you experience in a race, it makes it very applicable to, you know, preparing for, for events because it's just so, you know, almost, it's just sporadic, you know, workout, which is oftentimes what people need. You know, we do so many intervals that are, you know, four minutes on, four minutes off, or, you know, it's so timed. And it's good once in a while to kind of just, you know, mix up your, your intensity to something that's, you know, is more a bit
0: random. Yeah. The cool thing to me was just the idea that, like, it this is as hard for me as it was for the pro whose bike I'm on, right? Like, I might, I'm producing fewer watts, no question. But now I kind of know, you know, because, like you said, Ian, the, the, it's, it was tailored to their sort of 4DP profile and now adjusted for my 4DP profile. And so, you know, at the end of that, at the end of that hour, I should feel as shelled as they would, right, in, in theory. And I think that, that was a really cool – I don't know. It actually made me kind of empathize <laughs> a little bit more with, with pro cyclists. And I think that's – anyway, that was a really cool angle to it, I think. And it made it particularly motivational when I was giving these a shot. It's like how do I – it kept you going, right? Because you know that someone else has done it. The person on the on the camera has done it. You know, it's possible. And you know that as long as your numbers that you've put into the system are are accurate, that you should be able to do this thing. That for me was was exceptionally motivating.
1: Ultimate insider.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: What it feels um, like, what it sounds
0: like. So, all of that said, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily want to put myself um, in the middle of a world tour race every day, uh, and I think that that probably wouldn't be a particularly effective training program <laughs> if that's what if that's what uh, it was giving you. There's obviously there's a, there's a pile of other options and, and other things that essentially pop up if you use the training plans or if you're manual selecting or whatever. There's other things you can do in a given day that are not uh, so. Suffery. So intense. Correct. So
1: <laughs> again, philosophically, like when we started things, it was all just you know super hard sessions and harder sessions and sometimes not quite as hard, hard sessions. And so what we've been able to do with within system is have some different content types that us that allow us to build a better, more appropriate training plan. So you know, there's different ideas out there of like 80, 20 in terms of, you know, 80% of your training should be lower intensity and 20% of it should be higher or lots of other ways of looking at it. Um, We do have, uh, again, some some bit of polarization in our training that yes, more of the workouts that we do are lower intensity. So we've actually built in uh, some of these sessions as really new content categories. One of the specific ones is what we call our inspiration sessions, which are cycling related documentaries that then are paired with a lower intensity, just endurance workout. So think of, you know, I don't know, 20 some years ago, I would sit on a trainer and pull up, put up a movie and watch it and just ride along and get those steady miles in. Bingo. We have that built in and we have, you know, from shorter sessions that are sometimes 20 minutes up to some of these that are up over right around that two hour mark and hour, hour and a half watts in, in those ranges. And so the inspiration is, uh, one of those content categories to be able to get that kind of Just general endurance work inside, but still be, you know, getting, uh, being able to watch something and and follow along with, with purpose. We have another series of, uh, what we call a week with, which is basically joining, you know, it's typically four or five sessions, um, in a week riding with somebody so. Specifically, we have two in, in system right now, Ian Boswell, uh, who's, you know, pretty good bike rider and has done some pretty awesome things over time. And actually there's a week following me where, you know, I commute to work one day, just riding along the Boulder bike paths. We go to the Belladrome, uh, Mount neary one day, we ride up Flagstaff. We go out to rabbit mountain. We do a kind of an endurance gravel ride. And so you get to see like in the mix of a week, what I might do and what Ian has done with his rides. Um, And so that's our week with, and we have a few more coming out soon, which is fun. And again, it's that mix. It's not all super hard sessions. There's a mix of what we actually do in training. And then we have our on location, uh, workouts that are actually kind of like uh, going to visit an awesome place, uh, in the Pyrenees with Michael Cotty, um, and telling you about the, area. you're doing some workout. It's not, they're not the hardest workouts, but they're not just the low intensity endurance, either It's somewhere in between some moderate, like you would do going out and climbing through some of these big mountains. Um, we also do have a few other categories, just our no vid workouts, which literally you can pull up whatever you want on your screen, put the app into a mini player mode and just watch whatever you want to watch, whether it's a live, you know, very Rube while it's going on and you can ride along and do, you know, some sort of a workout or anything else you want. So, um, those are some of the other areas that we have developed and are part of our training plans to, to, again, have an appropriate training, uh, across low intensity and specific higher intensity as well.
2: Just then, there's one other content category, which is GCN. Which is if you've ever been on the the GCN YouTube channel, they have their own training videos where they're more instructor led. Um, we that's that's yeah, another category that has virtual more, spin class in a way. Yeah, those are tend to be higher intensity though, so they don't fall necessarily into that easy session.
0: I have I have kind of a pile of of questions for you guys uh, on a on a variety of topics. I'm just gonna kind of dive in here a little bit. How how often do I have to do the four DP test? Um, they hurt? I don't have no idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No sooner than 12 weeks apart. So in most cases, like doing it two times a year, three times a year is perfectly adequate. We do have a test that is actually intermediate in terms of it doesn't give you the full four values of 40p, but it does give two of them. It does give an FTP and a map target and it's definitely less intense. There's a hard part of it. it is a one minute ramp that you go to basically your your end point, which is kind of typical to a lot of other uh, sessions that you might find out there on other platforms. But then what makes it different is we do a steady state effort that is below where your FTP is after that. And we're looking at heart rate versus power to then be able to uh, really extrapolate and calculate where your FTP is without doing a maximal longer effort. And so that, that session is called half Monty. We also get all your heart rate training zones then from that. Cause we do get your cycling threshold heart rate from, from that test. So that's something that you could do, you know, midway through a training plan, you know, after six weeks or eight weeks, if you feel like, man, these targets have gotten a little bit easier on the, on, especially on the, that, you know, threshold the FTP or map target. And you can just dial it in with that session and see where you're at. I've done it even the week of, uh, I did lead both this year. Um and on wednesday before the saturday sunday races i did did half money just to see where i was at to make sure i had appropriate targets uh based on what my fitness level was because i had you know a few weeks in tokyo before it and not trained near as much as i would have wanted to but i had uh pretty reasonable targets based on that and it's not too much of a session that you Neil know, i wasn't exhausted or anything by saturday sunday
2: and when neil says he did ha- when neil says he did half money what he means is he called me in to Put him up to our metabolic analyzer and take lactate samples while well, he had about three other sensors attached to him as well. So it's a little more than just, <laughs> a little more than rolling into his uh, onto the trainer uh, at home.
1: I mean, yeah, I am a big <laughs> guinea pig for, for sure. <laughs> the
0: the the sort of coaching aspects of this, I'm intrigued to know how you guys see it. it, it do you see it as a coach replacement or as a motivator or? you know, like there's some, there's some competitors out there that, that do some sort of like AI kind of auto thing. It's not AI is maybe a uh, being (laughs) uh, generous, uh, (laughs) but they, they do some sort of some, some more automated response kind of like training plan building stuff. And it doesn't look like you guys have really gone down that road too far. It's more kind of, a menu where you, where people can pick out the things that they think will work for them. So do, do you see it as like a coach replacement as like a, you know, which is, which is basically what those, those competitors are, are attempting to be, or as more of a, like I said, like a kind of a, just a motivator and a, and a, a means of getting on your bike on a regular basis and a, and a means of tracking progress and things like that.
2: I, I would say uh, at this time, no. And, and part of that is because we do have a, a Wahoo coaching service that we, we encourage people that will take the standard plans and tweak them a bit. If your schedule is a bit off or even just the most popular thing is just, um, we have a 30 minute call where you can talk with one of our coaches. And honestly, that that's a component that's never, at least not for a long time, going to be replaced that psychological component of checking in like that, reassuring the athlete, everything's going okay. But at this point it's, we're not looking to what what we're offering right now is not to, to replace coaches out there and that's that's not to say we're not investigating that in our own specific philosophy um but at present you're right it is a it is a series of branches like it's a stepper decision tree that that'll get you to the planet's most appropriate for you given the the overall structure that we're we're bound to
0: and i guess kind of the follow-up to that then is the, is. Does that mean that this is sort of targeted at a particular type of rider, Uh, and and by that I mean maybe like somebody with I don't want to say less experience, but maybe who is who is their goals are not as as lofty? Is that is that is that correct? Do you think to to say and not like you know if you're have if you're a very serious cycling athlete you probably have a coach you probably have somebody that you want to interact with on a regular basis whereas just you know just this app-based system no pun intended uh <laughs> it is, is, that more, hear the e. <laughs> is that uh is that more <laughs> is that more targeted at like i don't want to say like casual isn't the right word but just somebody who is like well again to use myself as, as an example yeah to use myself as an example like i don't race that much anymore i maybe jump into an event or two every year i have no interest in paying a coach all year to be slightly better at one or two events a year you know i'm not making any money off of that i'm it's just for my own giggles something like this uh, you know maybe am i am i the type of person that you're really targeting here you would fit
1: the the profile of a lot of our users uh we do see a really big range honestly we do have some pretty serious athletes who use it and know for me as a coach i actually utilize components of it with the athletes that i coach whether it is actually you know Rowan dennis or kasha niwiadova there are elements and and some of the sessions that they'll do at times exclusively using using the app And, and some of the sessions also that i've given them in the past are the foundation of workouts that you will find in there as well so it does go both ways in that and so i think you know again it can be applied in a lot of different ways but we we do have you know a number of coaches that do basically use uh some of the library and, and workouts for for athletes that they coach to be able to you know have purpose and progression so if you think of like some of the other uh like let's say a virtual competitive uh type platform where it's like you go and do a race and i mean it's you versus everyone in the world and who knows what whether their settings are correct uh and it's, it's, it's not as well controlled as something when you are training based on your own ability, your capacity, and it's you versus you in, in our app in that way to help you get better and not, you know, you can't compare yourself necessarily to where everyone else is. It's you working with yourself
2: to, to, you know, make improvements. I'd, That's I'd, probably the difference. And I I'd, I'd just say that with that in mind, it's, it's really anyone who's wants to ensure that they're not doing any sort of wasted training time that they know that all of the time that they spend on the bike or doing yoga or doing strength that they're doing you know the top of the bell curve in terms of you're not doing too little and not doing too much
0: that was actually going to be my next question which is the other thing that that my other major takeaway after sort of exploring this a little bit was that it seems very tailored to uh working professionals <laughs> you mm-hmm. know people with people with like five to 10, maybe hours a week to really put in the time, but who want to get the most out of that time. Uh, Ian, I know that you, you, you fall in that category now. Uh, and like, were you involved in that sort of, uh, that angling of this entire, of the whole system?
3: I mean, efficiency is definitely something I've learned to uh, to appreciate. I mean, I guess when I was pro, you have way too much time to ride, and I guess that's something I've really learned over the last year is that most professionals, I think, ride their bike way too much because you have the time to do it. Um, and even to like answer your, you know, your previous question. You know, I feel like, you know, I don't have a coach, you know, but I am trying to compete at a high level. But I still use the app for like specific, you know you lived in Vermont before the winter is long and cold and you need something to, to keep you going. So, you know, I'm I'm not training exclusively indoors all winter, you know, I will ski and, you know, fat bike, but there's weeks when I'm like, Hey, you know what, I'm going to sign up for a 10, a 10 day training plan. And then I know what I'm doing. I don't have to think about it, but then, you know, the next week, maybe the weather improves and I'm riding outside and I, you know, don't do as much within the app, but it gives you this ability to like use it when you need it and also just learn, you know, to do different, different workouts and see you know with especially with the 40p to improve on on your weaknesses um yeah i'm i was amazed at how fit you can become training with less volume but more you know purpose and kind of focus of a you know especially riding indoors it is incredibly beneficial use of your time you know all spring i was looking at you know what ted and stetna and strickland we're doing i'm like oh, i'm gonna get rolled when i show up at at unbound because i have not done you know the same amount of volume but you know lo and behold you know training specifically can provide just as much you know benefit And, and if anything you know you just you show up a bit fresher as well because you don't have these massive weeks you're just you're training specifically to what you need to be doing
1: Um, I I would definitely echo uh, what Ian is talking about in that a lot of athletes train probably more time than they necessarily need to, to in to seek the improvements and the performance that they're looking for. So a lot of times, you know, people try to fill that void by just, going and doing it because it feels better or they put those stats up on their social media. It looks like, okay, I did whatever, however many hundreds of kilometers this week or this block. I did these crazy number of hours and you see it and everyone is like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's insane. Um, But if we think about just like volume as being like the thing that makes everyone better, then I guess like the race across America riders would be the fastest people in the world, but they're not. Uh, They're fastest at that specific kind of thing to go you know from one end of this continent to the other but volume is a piece of the pie but it is clearly not all of it and so as a great example you know i've worked with rowan dennis since he turned pro um started working with him in november of of 2012 so we've worked together for a long time he's progressed as a rider and in 2019 he won his first world championships in the individual time trial and In the nine weeks leading up to that, he didn't have a single training week over 20 hours. Um, Very specific for the time trial. Yes, though, he also did ride the front for over three hours in the road race, uh, holding a pretty darn high tempo. If you want to look at his power file, like he doesn't share his data always like that, but he did a heck of a lot of work for many hours on the front after, again, that kind of lower volume um, and focus on that individual time trial. And we repeated a very similar kind of idea leading into Tokyo. Uh, He didn't do the tour this year. And so we had a a different, again, more focused preparation. And there were a couple 20 hour weeks leading into Tokyo for sure. But the volume that that he did compared to what most others uh, have done and what people think is necessary is clearly not there. Um, Being specific and looking at adaptation and improvement is really our key and the way we think about our training. You know myself i still like to get out there and, and compete uh i'll be at a very different level than world tour uh i i did the lead boat this year i do some local racing but lead boat you know the two days of leadville 100 mountain bike and that's 100 miles it's actually 106 miles which i think uh that Rude. kind of cracked me a little bit yeah, yeah. um and then <laughs> i found the that out at mile day,
0: 99 when I did it. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Oh, wait, I have I'm 10 more K to go. I don't, yeah, I was not interested in that at the time, but you know, had to get it done. Um, and then the second day on that, the next day was the, the steamboat crab 140 some miles off. I couldn't even count at that point. I know it was really long. But my training for it, I had a few long days for sure leading up to it. But again, I was in Tokyo and in Europe for three weeks prior, um, in three of the five weeks prior to, to lead boat. And my average training this year from January one through August uh when the races were was seven and a half hours per week. Again, a couple big weeks of like, you know, 14, 15 hours twice and and 12 hours a couple times, but most of my weeks are four to eight hours and again you can be prepared for something big like that if you have a a, a purpose to your training you still have to have recovery you have to have work being done and i think you know doing some of the the mental training and some of the yoga those little elements again when i was in tokyo i was just doing yoga um didn't have a bike couldn't ride a bike uh during that that two week period there and so you know i was able to stay in a good physical and mental place Come home you know two weeks at altitude and do this monster weekend and and have some relative success. I was not the fastest guy out there by any stretch, but I was in the top half of all the silly people who did that lead boat officially, so I'll take it.
0: That's pretty impressive honestly, on seven hours a week and shows what's possible yeah my sort of last question here, which is uh you know as I sort of dig through the system app and and there's a lot of um there's a lot of coming soon uh, all over the place and i guess what's what exactly is coming soon Uh, like what what's functioning now if i'm gonna go if i'm gonna go do this right now what's functioning now versus what what do you guys have planned like what's the big what's the big picture you know a year or two from now
2: i'll say the one of the bigger ones um is going to be the you know pushing out like pushing workouts to head units so you can complete them outside and then obviously the importing of of your outdoor workouts, that's it was a it it it's, it has been a high priority for system. But you know we're going into the winter season for the northern hemisphere, which is where the majority of our users are. So there were some other features that we wanted to get in for for this launch. That because you know theoretically the number of people doing outdoor rides is going to be is going to be decreasing over the next couple of months and not increasing. Um, I think that's one that that we're particularly excited about finally getting in there.
1: Yeah. Definitely those, those, uh, outdoor in and indoor out basically is kind of the the way of looking at things. So that's going to expand a lot, the the value in what your training calendar will be. And there's analytics, um, and, and ability to be able to view what you have done with, with a little better resolution than what we have right now, what we have right now, we very freely admit is very basic, um, hours of training and we're going to have much more information there we're looking at some uh, ways of presenting that that might be more useful i would say as well so those are a couple of the areas that are exciting
0: an analytics suite so to speak coming mm-hmm. coming soon yeah that would be uh, yeah that'd be that'd be a huge ad i think that'd be really, really helpful
2: yeah i'll say yeah it's, it's definitely going to be an iterative process and we're never going to we're never going to get to a point where we're just like, all right, good. It's this is the best app out there. It's got everything anyone could possibly ever need. So we're just going to not do anything anymore. There's always going to be stuff we're we're working on adding and and integrating.
0: All right, guys, Mac, Neil, Ian, thank you guys for joining me today. On I think we're calling it the System Cast. That's how we usually name these things. Uh, for our listeners out there, you can get a 14 day free trial to the new Wahoo System Training app. It's on iOS, Android and desktop and the new the knowledge podcast featuring neil and mac and i think ian are you on there as well is the whole crew on there i'm 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 not knowledgeable enough for them
3: (laughs) i listen to it and i learn i'm still learning so maybe one day that's
0: the neil and mac show uh but you do of course ian you have breakfast with boz as well so If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a podcast fan. Go check those out. Go subscribe to The Knowledge Podcast and Brexit with a Pause. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Cycling Tips Podcast. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Thank you, Caleb. You Neil.